The Real Zodiac presents Retro Reels, a deep dive into the movies that made us, from cult classics to binge-worthy franchises. Join us for this time-traveling cinematic journey. We're sending you back to the future! And as always, your hosts will keep it real. Let's go. have been difficult lately and I'm sorry about that I think I know what you're feeling ever since you were a little boy you've been living with so many unresolved things well take it from an old man those things send us down the road they make us who we are and if anyone's destined for greatness it's you son you owe the world your gifts you just have to figure out how to use them and know that wherever they take you we'll always be here so come on home peter you my hero my love welcome to the spider-man retro reels collection 38 of new york's finest versus one guy in a unitard where we deep dive through all the Spider-Man films week to week leading up to the new film, Spider-Man No Way Home. No one seems to grasp the concept of the mask. Meet our host, Quentin. Uh-oh, somebody's been a bad lizard. Amanda. He's got you on his computer. And Gary. Do I look like the man of Tokyo? on this journey through the webhead cinematic feats. My weakness in small knives. Is your spider sense tingling? Because there will be spoilers and mild language ahead. Gwen, Gwen, you mother hubbard, you serious? Thanks for joining us. Now, let's get started. Who are you? Spider-Man. Well, with great power comes great responsibility. Are we allowed to say that now since we're kind of in a new franchise? Welcome, guys. We are (laughs) (laughs) diving in uh, our same Spider-Man retro reel, but now we're moving on to a different franchise. Today, we are going to be going over the amazing Spider-Man, and I'm going to go ahead and bring in my peeps here. Uh, Amanda, could you please say hi for the folks? Hi. And Gary, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So we're talking about a film uh, that had a lot, and I'm talking a lot of controversy around it. Um, As we mentioned before, there was supposed to be a Spider-Man 4 after what was known as the abysmal Spider-Man 3. Um, not my words, Gary, okay? <laughs> but I'm saying that, like, a lot of people were wondering what was going to happen to Spider-Man. Well, I found out, uh, did some research on this, and they had a script for The Amazing Spider-Man before uh, 
Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi decided that they were going to quit. So it was basically under the table, and as soon as they quit, they they surfaced it and got right to work on it. So kind of shady, but in the grand scheme of things, it's to keep the rights to Spider-Man because if you don't make a film for, I think, five years, the rights revert back to Marvel. So they were clamoring to get this kind of going. Um, <laughs> yeah. And look where we are now. <laughs> look where we are now, exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, so this movie was directed by Mark Webb, which I think is just a fabulous name uh, if you're going to be directing Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, screenplay was written by James Vanderbilt, Alvin Sargent, and Steve Cloves. Alvin Sargent helped write the original trilogy. Um, and obviously, this film stars Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone, Rise Ifans, Dennis Leary, Campbell Scott, and Martin Sheen and Sally Field, and music done by James Horner. So the film has a runtime of 136 minutes with a budget of 200 to 230 million and a box office of 758 million. So it didn't bomb, obviously, because we ended up getting a sequel to this. Um, but, yeah, uh, I want to go ahead and start with Gary because you kind of mentioned, and just from passing conversations that we've had, you've had something to say about this. So go ahead and take the floor. Yes. I love the app, the Amazing Spider-Man series. It, it was the only Spider-Man I knew growing up, right? I, I had no idea. I'd never watched the originals. Um, I watched Amazing Spider-Man series. When I, that was my first introduction to, like, uh, um, I guess, a film version of Spider-Man. So, yeah, I love Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. He's my favorite. Even now that we have, you know, Tom Holland, he's still my favorite. Um, you mean Andrew yeah. Garfield? I mean, dude, who did I say? Did I say you said Tobey Maguire? So I was like, wow, that we really so, switched No, him. no, no, no. I did not mean that. <laughs> no. Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone... Uh, as Gwen, those that those are my Spider-Man people, you know. So, okay. Yeah. Well, Amanda, what do you have to say? Um. Yeah, I remember this one coming out and watching it as well, and it being totally different than uh, the trilogy previous, and just kind of thinking, uh, if I was a teenager when this came out. Or younger, you know, I could totally get into the kind of like the the angsty teen vibes that this is putting off. Well, let me be that teenager for you, um, Go for because it. I saw this in theaters and I wasn't very excited for it. And I mean, this was 2012, so I want to say we're looking at what is that? How many years ago was that? Now uh, nine. So mm -hmm. I was 16. So I feel like I was at a perfect age for this film, you know? Well, as a teenager who grew up on the Raimi trilogy, this cast a very, very long shadow on this film. And Gary, I'm sorry, man. It's, it's, a really, it's really hard to view this film on its own when you had... This trilogy that, you know, broke box offices at the time and <laughs> became what it was to the point where, like, 
everybody knew who Spider-Man was. So now you have a new director and a guy who did 50 Days of Summer. And uh, Andrew Garfield, who you kind of knew from The Social Network, Emma Stone, uh, they weren't as established, you know? And so, mm-hmm. I mean, neither was Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst before this. You know, I mean, Kirsten Dunst was a child actress and did some stuff here and there. But this was just like a whole new cast of people. And, man, I just, you're going to probably hear me say this a lot. It's just, I remember watching this and thinking, okay, let's just get through everything that we need to for his origin and see where it goes from here. Um, I mean, as a 16-year-old kid, I'm not sitting there like, man, this is stupid, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. there was stuff that even I was seeing that felt off. And, Amanda, I don't know if you can agree with me, but I don't know. This film just felt very off in terms of what uh, we got before. And that's why we're, we have you on, man, is to shed mm-hmm. that light on this being your your series and that you know, you don't have to have the the um, looming shadow of the original Spider-Man trilogy. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm really excited to hear your opinion on certain scenes and stuff. But going in, yeah, I was that teenager that didn't really, you know, jive with this film. And watching it for this review... I, I still like I still have very glaring problems with it, which we'll get through. And <laughs> what, the big the big thing is, man, is Rise Ivans as uh, almost said crocodile because he doesn't look like a lizard. I'm sorry, the, no, <laughs> he, he does not look like a lizard. So the lizard is probably one of the biggest problems I have with this film, which is pretty bad okay. considering he is basically the opposite of Spider-Man throughout this whole movie. So yeah. Um, but before we get into that, let's let's talk a little bit about Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker uh, slash Spider-Man. Um, I loved him. I love Andrew Garfield as as Spider-Man. I think he does a phenomenal job um, as Spider-Man. As Peter Parker, he is way too good looking. The dude is 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 model status. I mean, he's a very good looking guy, and uh, he's pretty. Yeah, he is. And I mean, he's only gotten prettier. So I don't know. There there was an issue with just like, you know, he's supposed to be like in every one, you know, and mm-hmm. I still I kind of had that problem with Tom Holland. He's really, really like adorable, you know, mm-hmm. but then you had Tobey Maguire, who you could literally like not miss or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. not see in a crowd like he just fits in that well. And so I guess right. part of it was just looking at the actor and you can't have just like an ugly person up there who's going to be the face mm-hmm. of your film but i don't know i feel like they found a happy medium in the trilogy but yeah here he's way too good looking to be a nerd <laughs> right um no i thought the same thing yeah yeah i mean yeah they, oh sorry go ahead. no go ahead please well, I was just going to say, I mean, there were parts in the film where they're like, they try to make it seem like he's like this nerd, you know, he, he, um, he gets bullied and stuff. I'm like, ah, someone that looks like him. And <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't seem right for him to be, you know, that, that kid. But right. yeah, no, I still enjoyed him as Spider-Man. I think he's a great actor and I, I think he just fits so well. I don't know what it is about him, but like, just, I don't know. He's just, he's just great <laughs> as Peter Parker might. Right. <laughs> 
he's a really good Peter Parker, and that's what I like about some of the writing is, you know, we don't even see him doing Spidey stuff for a long time, let alone be being a Spider-Man, but just getting getting to know him and just how they kind of develop the character, and you get to get to know him a little bit more. Yeah, you do get to see him. I mean, it's about an hour until we actually get Spider-Man, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that's too much of a bad thing uh, or too much of a good thing in some opinion, but, like, we go with Uncle Ben and Aunt May in this film and uh, with Peter, and you get to kind of see the relationship. I would have loved – I mean, you have an hour. If you're giving me an hour of Peter Parker – then I want to see more with his relationships with uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt May because mm -hmm. a lot of it, I mean, he did have the little moment with him in the basement, um, mm -hmm. but then it, it just seems like there's a lot of friction. And, yeah, we're, we're supposed to understand that, you know, he does love Ben and the ending or like the end of his, his life is supposed to be this moment where he regrets how he acted towards his uncle, but we'll get into uncle Ben's death in a little later, but I want to kind of focus on this new kind of thing that they put on for this trilogy, or I'm sorry, these, these films here, um, the aspect of the parents, did it work for you, Amanda? Um, I know it's in one version of the comics, but yeah, having like the super spy parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have the same. I don't know. I didn't need it, but yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. It was kind of just strange to me. Just, just strange. I don't know how else to describe it. And it, and it's something you don't even really think about throughout the film, even. But like, I mean parts and like oh what were they doing what were they working on you get little hints and like you know and some characters like actually knew the parents so but it was just weird i don't know i i i kind of in, in the same boat with you amanda like it wasn't needed they could have just said like oh they just had like a tragic death <laughs> i don't know you know right well mm -hmm. they gloss over it uh in the in the earlier movies and so you have this scene where you have peter parker with his dad and his mom and then immediately after that, he's a teenager. And, yeah, there's secrets. Um, I will say this. If they kept the parents' origin story or whatever you want to call it just contained to this movie, then I think I would have been fine. It's the carryover from this movie to Amazing Spider-Man 2 where you have, you have him, you know, discovering that, he's destined to be Peter Park or I'm sorry, destined to be Spider-Man and all that. Um, we kind of get hints of that in here, but a lot of that is carried over and I don't like that. I mean, you don't need to create a overall story in these movies to grab our attention. You know, like the thing that we're wanting more of is Spider-Man, not his parents, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Okay, that's fine. Introduce the concept of introducing the parents and having them be a part of the story, but end it on the first film so that we can move on in the second movie and have uh, more going on with current events or stuff or repercussions from what his parents have done. Because 
you'll hear me complain about that in the second one, so I don't want to get too much into it. But it just feels like there were three separate stories that weren't even coinciding together. They were just happening. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll get into that, obviously, next week. But with this, like you said, Gary, I feel like we get the parents and then you forget about them. And then mm-hmm. he brings the brief- briefcase back and then, yeah, cool. He goes to the lab. Cool. Yeah, that's kind of intricate into his mm-hmm. his father's research with uh, Kirk Connors. But other than that, it's just nothing until a post credit scene, you know. Right. So it's very epi- episodic, and I know that a lot of movies are like that. I mean, take the MCU for example. Before they were making TV, they were making movies that felt like TV shows, so that you could you know tune in next year for blah blah blah, you know. Mm-hmm. But and here. There's no world building except for Spider-Man. So I get that you're trying to create this this mystery, but long story short, just keep it in one film and then give us something else in the next one. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I will say all that, you know, the stuff with the parents and certain stuff like that, that all that kind of went over my head as a kid. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of seeing all this with, like, fresh eyes almost. Because I don't even remember in Spider-Man 2, like, some of the... I, I know some of the big things that happened, but, like, I'm thinking, like, hmm, what what was the whole thing with the parents? Now I'm thinking, like, right now, like, huh, I don't remember. So there's... I'm seeing this for, like, with fresh eyes, pretty much. Right. Almost. Yeah. And so that makes interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that, because I like to nickname The Amazing Spider-Man 2 just Peter Parker. Like, that. it's just that. <laughs> that's the movie. You know, he's barely, he's just, there's not a lot of Spider-Man in that, but, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, so yeah, we, we get introduced to Kurt Connors as well. And we built up Dr. Kurt Connors in the last three films for him to have his big break in Spider-Man four. And then obviously that was cut. We get this adaptation of Kurt Connors, um, rise hyphens. I mean, Amanda, do you know that actor pretty well? No. Okay. Have you seen, and this goes to you too, Gary, have you guys seen Harry Potter? Like the no. franchise? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, okay, Gary, this won't be much to you then, but oh, okay. uh, <laughs> Luna Lovegood's dad is uh, played by this guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he really gets into these roles. And with this one, it just felt like he was kind of just on set. You know, like it didn't really... He didn't really have too many dimensions to him, it felt like. It felt like, I am missing my arm and I want it back. That's like his whole motivation for everything, you know. And I get that to an extent, but whenever you make that the entire, like his whole character arc, uh, it's just like, and then he's like, you know what, I want the rest of the world to be lizard people, you know. It's yeah, just, it doesn't really make sense. No. There's not enough backstory there to be like, so was he a bad guy to begin with or was he a good guy that just gets consumed? I mean, it's kind of like trying to compare him to green goblin and doc Ock, you know? Right. You just don't see the motivation as clear. Um, I mean, what about you, Gary? I'd love to hear your thoughts on Kirk Connors slash lizard. Yeah. I think for me, like in the trilogy, there were definitely some villains that were like really good. I love their story. Um, and then, you know, there's some villains that I really care for, Sandman being one of them. And then going into here, again, as a kid, I didn't really, 
I I didn't really care for. I mean, I just liked the movie. I just like you know Tobey Maguire and Emma Stone, Gwen Gwen and you, you Peter, Andrew Garfield. That was, oh my gosh! Why do I keep on saying Tobey Maguire? Andrew Garfield. Good lord! <laughs> You're fine. It's well, on your brain, man. And I mean, maybe maybe it's <laughs> a Freudian really just, slip, you know. Uh, yeah, but um. <laughs> you, when you're a kid, you're not too focused on like, oh, this, you know, analyzing these things like, oh, I didn't like this and this was. But now that rewatching it, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I kind of agree with you guys. Like, there were definitely some strange things with his motivations and like him as a character. And, and now I'm looking back, and I'm like, okay, was he a villain? Every time that he would turn into that lizard, he would do like some pretty, you know, horrific things. And like his whole overall goal of like making everyone, like the human race, like this these um human animal hybrids just like i don't know it was just weird i didn't really care for him as a villain or anti-hero i don't know what to call him <laughs> right um, you're not wrong we don't know mm-hmm. i mean and then and, and but the weird thing is at the end he shows remorse like and oh the part where he saves spider-man that was that was great you know he has these moments like you know he saves spider-man at the end saved his life at, and then he's in the jail zone he and i think there's a part where I don't know. Something made me think like, okay, he he he's in the better state of mind. He's he realizes what he's been doing is wrong. Oh, he tells the guy that like confronts him in the cell like, "Don't mess with Spy uh, Peter. He's been through so much." Something like that. It's like, okay, well, he's not like a bad guy, but then what was all this about, you know? Mhm. Yeah, I think what the the movie's trying to tell us is that all cold-blooded lizards are evil, you know, <laughs> and they just take over right. and you are evil. No, I I think what they were going for was was cool because you have this added layer in this film, especially with technology. There is a lot of technology in this in this movie, and I know that it's just a direct re- like reference to how cool it was seeing Iron Man and Tony Stark messing with all the stuff in his in his uh, his workshop, you know. And so you got it like as soon as that happens and everybody sees how cool it is, you have to have that. And all these other superhero films or, you know, sci-fi films. So keeping that, it was cool seeing the usage of technology. Like when they're doing the experiments and trying to figure out the cross species and everything. It just it looked cool. But mm-hmm. then if you analyze it a little further, it just feels like kind of nonsense. And the yeah. science is mumbo jumbo yeah. to us regular folks, you know? So, like, we, we're we not looking at that. We just want to see the end product. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. To me, you have you have two, two hours and 20 minutes to tell a story, and mm-hmm. you're resorting to this science, you know, jargon and showing us failed experiments, and then we finally, quote-unquote, get it right, but it still doesn't work, but we don't have an explanation why. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that leaves me kind of unsatisfied with how he turns into the lizard, and I mean, yeah, and how the the quick serum is able to absolve that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and the lizard and the lizard police, which I wanted to see more <laughs> of that stuff going on. I know we didn't really get that like more action. They were uh, they they turned and then they were just what writhing on the ground for twenty minutes. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't really get much with that. I mean, I feel like they weren't focused on it. They were just like, okay, well, here's what could happen if he gets his way, but we don't see any other repercussions of what would happen if the serum does get loose. So yeah, but 
more on that towards the end. Um, I have a checklist, and this is going to kind of see how we all kind of viewed this. I mean, with this, you have to compare. I mean, that's just part of it. That's why we're doing this sort of retro reel or retrospective is to see how things were done beforehand and what we get later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so Uncle Ben's death, or uh, let's see before that, Uncle Ben's speech really felt cluttered because they weren't allowed to say with great power comes great responsibility because were they was, not allowed or, or did they make that a choice themselves to I, not say they it? had to yeah it was definitely a choice but it's the right choice because 10 years prior it was this huge moment and for them to do it again i feel like would be kind of i don't know blasphemous but at the same time this but it's the spider-man quote like i don't know yeah i was I was in there like, they, just just say it. Just say stop, it. Stop, like, dancing around it, you know? I mean, I, it's... <laughs> and it made it that much more glaringly, like, awkward. And I was just like, yeah, weird. Right. <laughs> what about you, Gary? Like, Uncle Ben as a whole, what what, what do you have to say? Yeah, this was I feel your like, Uncle Ben. Yeah, I feel like, to me, I still enjoyed seeing Uncle Ben, and I feel like, he had, I know you, one of you guys said earlier, like, it seems like we didn't have much time with him or, like, as much characterization or, like, you know, development. I still enjoyed what I saw. You know, there, I, I feel like we got to see their relationship. He's definitely, like, this just father figure, obviously, just like in the other myth film. Um, and we get a lot of that. You know, he gets in trouble at school and he's, like, you know, like, he's chastising him. And then there's another part where he's, I don't know, I feel like there were some good moments uh, between Peter and Uncle Ben in this film. So, I don't know. I, I like, I like him in this film. Still, just as sad as the other one. You know, right. when he passes. Well, let's um, talk about that because I have some, <laughs> I have some problems. I, I'm telling you, bring in. I'm, I'm making sure that you bring in your guns, Gary. Okay, I, you know, I feel very. I feel like I'm fighting a losing battle. I feel <laughs> you're not. You're not because this is this is. My wife loves this film, dude. You're not alone. There are people that okay. really like this film, but I want to talk to you about it because. Yeah. Uh, there are some parts that I just I really want to know what makes it so good for you, because mm-hmm. Ben Parker, you know, a man what in his sixties, maybe late fifties, is walking down the street after a fight with Peter. Peter's trying to get mm-hmm. some milk. Guy gets robbed. He's running out, and the cashier's yelling, "Stop that guy!" After you know he was kind of gypped from Peter, and mm-hmm. Peter's like, "Not my policy." Okay, that works for me. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. You know, you can't do the same exact thing that you did with Tobey Maguire. Right. It's the fact that a man half Uncle Ben's age runs, trips, gun falls out, and that's when Uncle Ben is like, I need to interfere. You know, it's it's mm. a 60-year-old yeah. man wrestling a, what, 30-year-old man for a gun. It's that That is a losing battle. You okay, know? Yeah. Now that you now that you bring that up, that is kind of strange for like an old man to like interfere, especially after he saw the gun. It really, I mean. Yeah, if I saw the gun. Mm-mm. Yeah, especially really... in New York, you're not going for that. You're like, hey man, you, you got <laughs> you got the way, you know. Yeah. You know, take and it a, wasn't like take someone... a mental picture, you know, and then that's what you tell the police. You right. don't you don't intervene in that. And I I feel like it'd be more normal to intervene if someone's life was on the line, right? 
Right. But he kind of just saw a guy with the gun. He's like, oh, you're bad. I need to, you know, I need to get you. <laughs> yeah, like if he was in the convenient shop or something. And yeah. Something were to happen. Like the guy was to hold him up or something like that. So it just rubs me the wrong way, Gary, because it's like he got himself killed. It was like unnecessary, basically. Yeah. Like, didn't and happen. Yeah, Peter, Peter, like he just, he was a kind of a dick for not, I guess, running after a man with a gun. I mean, at the time he didn't know he had a gun, but, you know, like, it's just, if you're trying to create this altruistic moment for Uncle Ben, it mm-hmm. kind of comes out looking like he's an idiot for getting himself right. shot, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's like, and me thinking that at 16 or 17, whatever, I was sitting there like, what, what? That's how he dies? You know, you're, you mm-hmm. can't accept that it is as good as, or even better than uh, what we saw previously. And I don't know, that's the only, that's the only thing that really bugged me with Uncle Ben's death and kind of soured me on, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Sheen's portrayal as is that Martin Sheen? Yeah, Martin Sheen's portrayal mm-hmm. as uh, Uncle Ben because they could have done it in any other way. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That is really is. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I didn't really think about. It. And again, you guys have you know the original trilogy that you guys had seen like you know before you know you guys grew up with before this and so seeing this like i i wasn't even really thinking about like <laughs> you know just like i guess the first time i saw it how it was before how it was done before right so. yeah and it's not in any fault you know like this i i i don't think it's a requirement for you to have to see the original spider-man trilogy to enjoy mm-hmm. spider-man if this is the way that you were introduced to spider-man i still think it's good enough you know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because there are some, and I'm, I promise you, I'm not going to dog this whole film because there are some great things in this. But mm-hmm. I just had to get that out there because that's his origin, and mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of screwy. And but we have to get through it. Uncle Ben dies. That is something that has been in the comics for years, so we had to have it. And right. if it's such a lackluster way, fine. Let's move on and get to the good stuff where, mm-hmm. you know, we do have the montage of him going after uh, the, the his killer or Uncle Ben's killer. And I think there was some great stuff there. You could see some awesome parkour. I mean, what, what, what did you think of the montage, Amanda? Oh, I loved all the parkour stuff. Ah, yeah. Like I said, in my next life, I hope I'm like a a stunt performer that can do shit like that. <laughs> right. I love seeing like parkour videos and things like that. It's just, it was really good. And that's one thing that I did like about this movie is kind of like, um, all of the practical stuff that happened, like all of these action scenes like this, mm-hmm. it wasn't too, um, overly CGI for 2012. So, right. I mean, that's saying something for sure. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Gary? No, yeah, no, I totally agree. Loved all of that, yeah. I, I'm i going to even add on to that. I love the intimacy of seeing and feeling like you're swinging with Spider-Man. The mm-hmm. point of view shots that you get whenever he's 
uh, swinging across the town. I think that's beautiful. And you're right, Amanda. I mean, with the way that everything was shot in the Raimi series, it feels like we're watching him, yes, but it's the practicality of how they got these shots. And this, you're you're swinging and riding with Spider-Man through the entire town or like uh, the entire city, and they really captured that well in this film. I mean, it's it's really really good, and that is one thing I loved about this this movie is how well they seem to capture it. It was it was again like watching a comic come to life. Um, and damn, I loved his artificial webbing. I loved everything about that because every time he shot it, a, like a, a red light would go for whichever hand he used. And I thought that was super cool. You know, that's just like a little added detail. They didn't need to have, but they did. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, that, that was just one thing I definitely wanted to add. Uh, but let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the more personal relationships that we see in this film. Um, especially between Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. Between Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane from the original, I'll take Gwen Stacy any day. She Mm -hmm. is beautifully done and perfect in this film as opposite of Peter Parker. Their relationship is straight out of high school. This is how Mm -hmm. to handle high school dialogue and high school drama. I mean, Amanda, think about when we talked about Halloween 2018, you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, these guys do not know how to, <laughs> how to talk like like teenagers, you know, the dialogue is all wrong. But in this, the awkwardness is perfect. Um, Gwen Stacy, let's talk. Gary, what you got? Ugh. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, her Emma Stone's performance as Gwen Stacy is probably one of the reasons why I love, you know, the Amazing Spider-Man series over the originals so much more maybe not so much more but <laughs> but yeah i i just love everything about her and her uh her relationship with peter the way they they just interact it's just so much more to me authentic and i know you can't really use that word authentic right when you're talking about movies and tv shows but in an authentic in a you know a film you way. can no, you <laughs> i don't can. know it, it works <laughs> yeah I just love it. Everything they have this chemistry. It just seems more natural, just the way they interact, and it's more believable in my opinion. Because Tobey Maguire, his Peter Parker is just weird and strange to me. Still, he's the kid you don't uh, want to talk to. You know, exactly. like he's in the corner of the room talking to himself. You don't want any part of that. Right. And the way that uh, their relationship builds, Emma and or well, Peter and Gwen, it's just so much better. I feel like in this film, it's a lot quicker. I feel like also, but. Uh, I just love everything about it, honestly. <laughs> Amanda? Yeah, it's like kind of comparing apples and oranges. Um, yeah, it was nice that they brought in Gwen Stacy and didn't go with another Mary Jane, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's Emma Stone. so It's Emma Stone. She, she can do no wrong. She was <laughs> darling. She was sweet. And, yeah, and... That's where the director, you know, what he was good at is like showing the relationships and relationship building between these two. Exactly. We, you know, 500 days of summer. So there you go. Right. And if any of you guys haven't checked out that film, please do it. It's such a great and the montage of the Hall of Notes number. Oh, it's just brilliant. It's it's a great, great little fun movie, which was, I think. 
an eighth of the budget of what this was, you know, and for this to be his second mm-hmm. movie. I mean, Gary, I have to give him props. He did a wonderful job with what he was given, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about a movie where – uh, our main character is a wall crawling, you know, spider slinging web, web, whatever. And you still have Emma Stone still commanding the screen like she is. Mm-hmm. You know that you've done something right. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Gwen Stacy, we also get our second incarnation of George Stacy, who we did have sort of in Spider-Man 3. Uh, last week, but it was kind of, he was more there just to kind of give us exposition. But in here, he had right. a more prominent role. I love Dennis Leary. Um, and it's sad for me to say this, but I really loved him as Diego from Ice Age. He, he played the Cyber- Sabretooth Tiger. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Amanda, please enlighten the people with some more Dennis Leary because <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just assuming I know all the Dennis Larry stuff. Yes, uh, Dennis Larry, good comedian. Um, oh man, he has a a song out there called "Asshole." And if you haven't heard it, go Google it and give it a listen. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, he's in Rescue Me. He's great at that. It's a great show too. I feel like he did something not too long ago, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but. I kind of forgot that he was in this, and when he popped up again, I was just like, oh, yeah, Dennis Leary, that's right. But yeah. he was great in this, too. Really good, really good uh, kind of, not antagonist. I mean, at first, at two-thirds of the film, he's he's played as an antagonist to Peter Parker, and they do it really well to have these two kind of work together at the end. Um, one thing I'll say about this movie is, it kept me guessing. There were a lot of things that I thought were going to happen and didn't, um, especially with how many times Peter Parker takes off his mask. No kidding. <laughs> uh, I was like, dude, put that on. What's the reason? I mean, you even said it. You said, what's what's the point of the mask? Or if you don't want people to know who you are, well, then wear it, you know? <laughs> um, what do you think of Dennis Leary, Gary? Yeah, I think, yeah, we just got to, stupid of him and i guess spider-man 3 here he has more of a you know a bigger role in the bigger plot or part in the plot i guess um yeah i really liked him he is i think he falls into that trope of in movies you know like the boy and the girlfriend and then the, the girlfriend's like really scary dad you know so that he fits that part perfectly and i think he does a good job and i think the way that his relationship develops with spider-man and, you know, Peter as well, is really interesting. And, you know, ultimately, it's really sad how, you know, it ends for him. But I think he's just a really overall great character and, you know, has a really great role in this story. Yeah. The scene that is odd to me is when Peter comes over for dinner. And <laughs> they eat, what, Branzino? and. Branzino. Uh, he basically, um, I think he he definitely overstays his welcome with how he speaks to these people. And I, I'm guessing this is how we are 
kind of perceived as, or I should say, I am perceived as a millennial, like overstepping my boundaries. But I would never talk to my girlfriend's parents the way that he is talking to Captain Stacy. Captain Stacy, right. you know. And he's definitely in the wrong, you know, trying to capture these guys. And he's like, well, you know, Spider-Man's doing all he can and all that. Like, no, you just you just shut your mouth mm-hmm. and you listen to what he has to say because, yeah, you don't you don't <laughs> talk like that to, to your girlfriend's mm-hmm. dad. Definitely not. I mean, a kid can argue with a parent that way, but not your first time over for dinner. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> So I'd love to see Gary in that interaction right there. Oh, I, I would, I would, I would. At some point, I'd have to just get up and leave, just out of embarrassment and shame, and just, you know, there's no way I'm going to talk to anyone like that. Well, not anyone, but definitely not in that situation with that person. Yeah, but Peter reveals his identity to Gwen in this first movie. He doesn't even save it for the second one. He's like, "You want to know who I am?" Boom. There ain't no yeah. secrets, baby. You know, and this is a girl that he just kind of started talking to. He's really putting, you know, putting his his uh, identity on the line immediately. I mean, I went with it because the chemistry works. But, you know, when you're when you're a teenager and you're kind of falling for a girl, you think this is it. This is my wife. You know, at the age of freaking fifteen. You know, but I don't know. It, it it worked for me. What about what about you guys? What about you, Gary? Yeah. Um. I mean. What? What? I'm sorry. You're gonna have to cut this out. What are you asking? Like, <laughs> did you go with uh, her? I'm sorry. What? What <laughs> did I even ask? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put together exactly. Oh, uh, <laughs> did you did you go with uh, Peter just telling Gwen his identity? Oh, that, yes. I mean, no, I, it, it was kind of, I see, no, I've seen this movie, but I forget so much. It, it, I, it's not something I was thinking of when I, when I was watching. It was like, it, it never occurred to me, like, yeah, he's going to have to, you know, reveal his identity to Gwen at some point in either the first one or the second one. I didn't remember which one it happened in, but then I watched this and I was like, oh, it's happening. Like, this is, <laughs> this, this is, is it. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah, no, I think it was. I think the way it happened was natural. You know, they're out on that balcony. You know, she's obviously, I think the circumstance was she was just kind of, was she mad at him for something or just kind of, and he would, he had the secret and she, he wouldn't tell her what was going on. So he yeah, kind of had he, to say something, you know, it's that it's so, the, the, this was aggravating. And Amanda, I'd love to get your take on it, but when he's trying to tell her and he's just like, well, okay, I'm going to just say, it, I'm going to just say it. And like, he's not saying it, you're like, come on, just fucking say it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, God, who <laughs> like, I, I seriously think in the script, it just tells, they, they just tell Andrew to it, just start mumbling, you know, like you're mumble rapping, just go with that and see where it gets you. And I was just like, God, that's annoying. What did you think, Amanda, of that kind of whole balcony scene? Oh, I mean, it was fine, but it's still one of those things that, I mean, just looking back at the whole movie, I'm like, so he's trying not to be secret at all. He's like, I'm just going to tell everybody willy-nilly and take off my mask and show everyone my face. Like, (laughs) let everyone know. But, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where I'm like, eh, I don't know if I would have told right away. Mm -hmm. I know. Like, what what if... It didn't work out. I mean, obviously, we see what happens later on in the mo- in this uh, this little duology we have of films. But 
I mean, if they break up and she's like, well, you know, I, I, hey, he's Peter, you know, Peter Parker, he's Spider-Man. You know, like she could easily, and with our <laughs> where social media is, it's over. Right. And we're kind of seeing that in No Way Home. You know, we'll kind of get that. So it's just, you know, I, I don't know. If to me, it, it's weird and fast, but at the same time, I go with it. I'm, it, it's a double-edged sword. Um, right. But the next thing I want to talk to you guys about is Spider-Man's suit in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say my opinion. I'd love to hear yours, Amanda. Um, I get it that he's a kid making his outfit, you know, from home, like using parts of, uh, you know, sunglasses or Oakley's or whatever they were and kind of creating his own concept. But it's not my favorite spider suit. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. I'm it kind of looks. Red. Yeah. It kind of just reminds me of a like sneakers and basketballs. Yeah. I think the foots. The the foots. Oh my god. The feet are lined with <laughs> sneakers. So yeah, Gary. I I honestly don't have any strong opinions about the Spider-Man suits. I actually really like. I, I like all of them. I mean, but um, I think with this. The thing I hate about the Spider-Man suits and every story except for or iteration except for Tom Holland's is the way that they make these suits to me is so unrealistic. <laughs> like in right. this one, he does it. I I can't imagine a high schooler having the resources, the you know the the intelligence to make something like this, but he does it. And I, I think it's is it is it the same way or does it, does it not even show us how he makes it in the no, first in that Toby is, Yeah, that is yeah. just a so it's, straight that's up an mystery. Issue yeah. <laughs> that I thought that was what it was like in the first one. And yeah. So I hate that. I and now in Tom Holland's he gets it from Tony Stark, or am I making that up? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So yeah, that makes more sense to me. But the way that they do it in these last two films is just like just so lazy to me. I don't know. Yeah, and you know it. I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he has the internet at his at his. Uh... What, what the hell is that word? At his disposal. <laughs> at his disposal? Good right. God! I was. <laughs> I'm, gonna say I'm that again. you, if I had the internet, look, I have the internet right now. I'm not going to be able to do what he did. You know? Well, yo, that is that's the quitter talk, Gary. <laughs> no, I'm telling it. you, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the kid who couldn't even you know pay for his milk. You're going to tell me that he has enough money to uh, screen print a spider symbol, get webbing from Oscorp, which, yeah, that's another problem I had. Um, I could see him finagling and, you know, like he's a smart kid, so obviously he uses what he has around him, but you can't just make spandex. And you see him on Bing, of all places, Bing, he's using Bing, um, <laughs> to search for like spandex and everything. That stuff isn't cheap. So I had a big problem with that. I honestly would have gone with it not even telling us. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that I would have been just fine because it worked in the last film. Just do it again. But they're trying to make this more of a lived-in, more, I guess, serious-toned and realistic Spider-Man. And I get that. But 
there's still some aspects of this. I mean, think about Batman Begins, and Amanda, you you can definitely attest to this. Everything he gets, I mean, he's a billionaire, so that mm-hmm. doesn't matter to him. Money is not an option. It's mm-hmm. he wants the best stuff, and he's going to get it. Here, right. it's it's just he's taking advice from nerds that he's eavesdropping on of velocity and webbing and all that crap, and it's just like okay, let's like I said, I'm just kind of just. Like a like a train conductor, I'm just like okay, let's just keep going, let's just keep going. I'm not even gonna worry about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the suit to me, it just looks looks horrible. I mean, it just really? does not. It's just not Spider Man. It's got it's like way too much freedom. It's like a skin you would get on the video game after you know doing three or four missions. It's a suit. It's a skin that you can grab, but it's not something you're gonna use the entire game. And so I was very weirded out that this was our our suit with a sunglass ear eyepiece and like it it just looked dirty it just it did mm. not look clean you know and he's got a very slender body so that's one thing i'll give it is it this wouldn't look good on just kind of like a tom holland or a toby Maguire. andrew garfield's just very skinny and slender mm-hmm. and very like dangly so well i'm gonna be care- careful when i say the word dangly but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it works for him, but yeah, I'm so glad that they they fix it and get a different suit for the second movie. Um, yeah. Okay. Now I'm looking at a comparison online, and I do I think I do get what you're saying. It does almost look a little cheaper, almost somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I loved. I, now I'm looking at it again. I do like the first suit. You know, the Tobey Maguire's uh, suit. But yeah, no, I, I still feel it didn't bother me in the film. I really like, I like all the suits. So yeah. good. We need more people like you, Gary. I wish I was like you, Gary, in that <laughs> sense because that stuff does bother me. I think when I think of this movie, I think, great, there's that suit, you know, and I gotta watch this movie and I gotta see that <laughs> stupid suit. But like I said, I just I wish it wouldn't bother me. And I think it's just this was thrown at us so fast, you know, like we we had five years from this. Uh, or I'm sorry, from Spider-Man three to this, and it was just too much change going on, you know. No, no, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> justified in in your feelings. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but kind of moving on, the the thing that I really enjoyed about about this Spider-Man is, even though he's destined to be Spider-Man because of his father's research on cross genetics with spiders and using his own blood, which we find out later in Spider-Man two. Um, he still wants people to, to know that they can be Spider-Man. And you see that with Jack in the, in the, on the bridge in the car that's burning. And mm-hmm. he tells him to put on the mask to be strong. I mean, it feels like he's talking to us. You know, we can get through anything as long as we have the confidence and put on that artificial mask and, like, say, we got to do it. And I I really enjoyed that scene of you don't even get the fight. You don't even get a fight with him and the lizard. It's just it's it's just Spider-Man realizing and becoming who he needs to be and who he's destined to be, which is not going after car thieves anymore or people associated with like the the lookalikes of his uncle ben's killer it's you have a bigger duty now and it's protecting mm-hmm. the the people of new york mm-hmm. 
you do get to see him grow through this and mature. Right. And I'm with that. I'm all with that. I think they do an, an absolutely amazing job of having him have a good character arc. Him and Gwen Stacy. I think they both mm-hmm. grow together in this movie to, uh, at the same time and with each other. And I think that is important for later on whenever we see them in the next movie. Mm-hmm. So kudos to them there. But we get a fight. We get a couple fights with the lizard. So I, I feel like we don't need to mention every single every single one, but the lizard finds out that Peter is Spider-Man because of his camera. And again, I was just like, Oh, okay. That's how he finds out is because he brings the only camera he owns, (laughs) um, into the sewers to take these pictures because there's a cash reward. Take off the sticker, take off the label, you know, right? because if we're fighting and I see a camera flashing, I'm going to wonder what the hell is up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was super dumb. Uh, but, you know, you go with it. But, yeah, he, <laughs> he finds him in the school. And I really do – I really like the fight in the in the, in the the school because um, mm-hmm. there's stakes. The students are running. You don't – you didn't get that in the original trilogy. And it's nice because in this whole movie, he's in high school. And – that's where a lot of people really love to see Peter thrive is being a superhero in high school. And they're doing something right with having him, having Tom Holland still be in high school. I mean, even in this third film, he's still te- technically, quote unquote, in high school. We'll see where that goes. But I mm-hmm. like that aspect. What did you guys think of this? I like that, too. And just being in the high school, which is like kind of was like, ah, like the angsty teen and. You just get that whole vibe, but the fight coming into the high school, yeah, you kind of, um, yeah, puts the stakes out there a little bit, and of course we get yeah. our Stanley cameo, right. and uh, <laughs> oh yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> listening to some uh, Ode to Joy, um, <laughs> but that was just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when I was watching, I was like, good, like, how in the world is this tiny little skinny kid spider-man right how is he gonna get out of this high school away from this crazy lizard man who's twice his size and like has these claws like huge tail like i was sitting like man if i was in his situation i'm dead like i feel like (laughs) peter's past like fights have been a little bit more you know uh fair but like this specifically i'm like this lizard man is taller bigger faster stronger these fights were intense. Like, and these weren't even like really over the top fights. It was just him and the lizard just scrambling, you know, like, but it was still entertaining to watch just because I felt like, man, this is, this is, this is just crazy. Like that. He's going up against this guy, even though he's not the most, you know, the best, I don't think the lizard's like the best villain in, you know, the Marvel or even Spider-Man series. It just was something I just kept on thinking about as I was watching, you know? Well, he gets battered and bruised in every fight, which I, I enjoyed because usually you keep the battering and the bruising and the scraping and the scarring of Peter's suit all at the end. But in this, I mean, in the middle of the film, he's getting these claw marks, you know, scratched into his chest and he has to get, uh, you know, he has to get doctored up by Gwen Stacy and he's coming home 
to Aunt May, who we haven't even really talked about. Sally Fields as Aunt May, I mean, she is seeing Peter leave every night or every day and coming home battered and bruised. And I, I think it was kind of a comedic moment when he does after the final fight. He mm-hmm. comes in and he looks like hell, and yep. he but he has the eggs, you know. And <laughs> I think that that was a good moment for them. And I mean, I want to give Aunt May the benefit of the doubt and say that she's not stupid, and maybe she does know that. That's my that's my nephew out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I. I think that the relationship he has with Aunt May in this in this movie works for me um, because you're seeing a mother figure being being a mother instead of just kind of being there in the background. She she makes sure to tell him like you know this this hurts me a lot, and seeing you do this day in and day out it it kills me. And she is it's just her in the house with him, so I don't know. I just really enjoyed that aspect too. No, I enjoyed it as well. The one thing I kept thinking, though, is like, yeah, maybe Aunt May really did know that, you know, it was uh, Peter out there, you know, Dave in the city. But if she didn't know, I'm wondering, like, as a parent or a guardian, like, man, isn't it kind of weird that you just let your son go out there and he's coming home every day, like, battered and bruised, and you're just like, Peter, tell me what's going on. And he's like, no. And you're just like, okay. (laughs) And then you come back the next day and it's the same thing. She's like, you know, waiting up every night for him to get home. Like, I don't know. It just seemed a little unrealistic in my opinion, but I don't know. That just something I just thought about. (laughs) Right. Amanda, anything you want to add about MA or any of that? Uh Yeah, I just love Sally Field, but um, I kind of miss the, there wasn't as, strong of a relationship between Peter and Aunt May in this. His bond was definitely more with uh, Uncle Ben. And so I kind of miss the closeness that the originals had. And yeah. especially it being Sally Field, like, I wanted more of a connection, but yeah. she's just so good, though. For as little she was in, she made it great. Do you know what she said about this movie? She went on an interview with Howard Stern, and he said, I mean, what did you think of this role? Did you give it your all um, in terms of, you know, like just how how well to do it? Or, like, did you kind of phone it in? And she goes, this this role really wasn't anything too crazy to even try, so I just kind of did what I had to do and and left. Like, she didn't care about this movie at all. So it's kind of funny that she comes back, you know, and I don't know. She does. I think she does better in the, in the second film because they give her more. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, here I, I could totally see you could totally get by saying your lines and then going home, you know, Mm -hmm. in the afternoon and that's it. So yeah, I totally agree with you in that aspect. Um, but let's go ahead and just kind of dive through the end here. Um, we have this insane cure uh, that Gwen Stacy kind of brings to light, and uh, she gives it to Peter. And it's this is where not only is this like another person, but this is probably like the fifth person that now knows that Peter Parker is Spider Man. Uh, we see Captain Stacy, you know, confront Peter. 
without his mask on, and that's when it switches for him. In this moment, I'm watching this movie, and I'm seeing the relationship between Captain Stacy and Peter Parker. And, you know, he comes in and tells him, like, hey, Dr. Connors is a giant lizard. And he's, you know, kind of pushes him away and all that. It's when he sees that it is Peter Parker's Spider-Man. I don't know if it's like a change of like, oh, he's he's a good guy now. Or it's just like, ah, these stupid teenagers, you know? Like it, <laughs> <laughs> to me, I was just like, okay, he's really switching right away. But he, I think he's like hopping on board with P- what Peter's saying. But I don't know. I could have used a little more there but mm. I'll take what I what I could get. I feel like most of Captain Stacy's interactions with like Peter and Gwen are just like ah these these teenagers like what you were saying so, <laughs> millennials. So, yeah. <laughs> so but we get the end fight with Peter uh Captain Stacy and the lizard which is awesome. I think that was cool seeing them work together, and at the last minute, the cure uh, takes is shot up in the sky. Like you should realize how stupid this sounds. Like it's just it's gets shot up in the sky, and then everything's good. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's just yeah, it just kind of ends from there. But I will say, when he's flying off of the Oscorp roof and the towers coming down, some great visuals. A lot of good visuals in this. Right. Yeah, but we, before that, I'm sorry, I forgot to, or I guess after uh, the tower falls down and everything, he has the last moment he'll have with uh, Stacy, and it's leave Gwen out of it. You know, it's kind of like Don't Tell Harry all over again. Mm-hmm. And this will kind of sound out through the entire series, it feels like, but... I mean, it gets confronted pretty quickly with Gwen when she says he promised you, or you promised him, didn't you, that to keep me away from harm. And it was a promise. And so what did you guys think of that? Um, I'm definitely glad that she understands. Well, of course she understands. She knows her father so well, probably, that she, she, I guess, just knew, like, okay, one of my dad's promises. Like, of course, my dad is so protective he probably told Peter to just stay away, right? Yeah. So I'm glad she understands that. It probably didn't make what she had to do, what they had to do, any easier. But um, the part... So, yeah, that was frustrating. But I know how things end for them, so it's fine. <laughs> not, I'm not really, like, suffering like I was in the first couple films, like in the last iteration of Spider-Man. But um, the part where the film ends, I think, where they're sitting in class and, like... I forget what Peter says, but basically he said something about breaking promises. Like I I forget, but like that part was pretty, I liked that part. And then, you know, Emma or Gwen's like smirks. Cause she knows exactly what he meant by what he said. Right. Um, So, yeah. Mm hmm. (laughs) I was very curious to see how that would play out in the next movie. I mean, we see how it does, but this this had me curious as to what was going to happen. And I will say the hype for this movie was very different than the hype I had for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll we'll kind of get into that um, when we do that one next week. But yeah, overall, I mean, we kind of touched on everything that I felt was necessary. Um, the last shot was pretty cool with him, you know, showing how uh, like using. Oh, we didn't even mention the cranes. Just yeah, the crane scene was pretty cool because that was Jack's father. So that was kind of cool seeing New York kind of clamor together to help Peter get across uh, all the way to Oscorp, which, you know, is it's just having that element of New York is together and I, and you, you got to have something like that. So I, I appreciate that. It wasn't, you know, too, too much of like, a, like, oh, we got to put this in. But it was more like, this is great. We're going to move on, though. So I don't know. I, I enjoyed that that aspect. But. I don't know. Is there anything you guys want to mention? Um, we like you kind of mentioned Gary, the man in the shadows, talks to Peter about or talks to Connors about Peter's dad, and right. again, that's going to be further explained in the next one. But did this film tide you over um, for a second one, Amanda? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What about you, Gary? I'm thinking the way that, you know, things are set up in the first film and the way things end. Like, honestly, do you really need a second film? Like, if I'm just looking at, like, this first film and, like, all that happened, like, it's not like I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to see this next film. But I do. I know how the second film is. I love that one so much. So I'm glad it exists. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like I feel like the. Well, it is necessary, Gary, because we get so many unanswered questions here. We don't know about the parents still. Uh, We still don't have Uncle Ben's killer, you know, through that whole montage of Uncle Ben talking to Peter through uh, the voicemail. You know, you're seeing the Uncle Uncle Ben's killer still at large and shit like that. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, okay. You know, like we still have all this to go through. Um, which, I mean, spoiler alert, it doesn't get even talked about in the next movie. So that, (laughs) that annoyed me a lot. Um, but other than that, yeah. So this is the amazing Spider-Man. Let's go ahead and rate this thing. I'm going to start with Gary, the optimist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's some issues with this film, but I just still, for me, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy and just having Gwen Stacy in the film. And then, you know, Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker, it really just just does it for me. I don't know. So I'm going to go with like a 2.5. I just love it. Okay. And I'm glad that you brought in this optimism and, and this love for it because you and I will probably be singing the same tune next week uh, in, in certain parts. So don't don't think that this is all gloom, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Amanda? Um. Yeah, it was definitely not terrible, and uh, it was good kind of revisiting it and seeing it so close to the others and just comparing and contrasting, you know, all that fun stuff. But, yeah, I thought thought the acting was good. Um, I really liked the cast. And even though this is not a perfect Spider-Man movie, um, I did enjoy it. But I will give it... A 1.7. Ooh, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I am 
going to sit at a 1.3 because I think that I gave Spider-Man 3 it's it's a little higher and I'd rather go and watch that well, watch that film than watch this one and I have very big problems with Spider-Man 3 but I I the the good things about this is the chemistry with the characters but the suit just looks awful uh the lizard looks terrible, and I just do not think that it was a good villain for our first-time mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Um, and the, I mean, Rise of Ivans was just very, very boring to watch on screen. So, and with that, and the origin story just didn't hit me right. So, yeah, I, 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 I like I said, I like the visuals. But getting there was just kind of abysmal. So, yeah, I'll sit at what I gave it. And we will hopefully see an improvement next week with The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I'm going to kind of leave that uh, leave that up to when we, when we do that. But other than that, do you guys have anything else you want to say before we call it on The Amazing Spider-Man? I think I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Oh, one last thing. The driver of Dr. Ratha... Uh, who was kind of we didn't even talk about Norman Osborn and we kind of didn't really mention Oscorp too much but the driver on the bridge with Dr. Ratha whenever the lizard is coming for him and everything was the killer was Uncle Ben's killer in Spider-Man oh yeah wow yeah 10 years did a number on him that's all I gotta say (laughs) so but yeah uh, leave you with that little fun fact and we will be back and we will talk about The Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, with Jamie Foxx so other than that I will uh, let you guys go thank you guys thank you Amanda thank you Gary and we will be back you guys have fun and keep it real until my day my day is done and sail Set me free Just say you'll wait You'll wait for me In your tears And in your blood In your fire